Historians have said two things happened in Western Christianity as a reaction to the advent of the theory of evolution. In Protestantism, there was the fundamentalist movement, and in Roman Catholicism, there was the declaration of papal infallibility. Those are gross oversimplifications, but they demonstrate all of these ideas were swirling in the water around the same time. One of the fallouts of American Christian fundamentalism is the idea that a person or a group of people can interpret a text objectively. That there are people, usually white, straight, and male, who have the ability to read a text impartially. <laughs> I didn't know y'all would laugh at that. <laughs> I guess we all know that's not the case. So they have the ability to read a text impartially while the rest of us, read as non-white, non-straight, non-male, are subjective interpreters of the text. I didn't know y'all were going to be so vocal tonight. This is great. I've been waiting for this all summer. Where have y'all been? This is awesome. Because I'm like, I've been preaching pretty good sermons and y'all are quiet. I'm going to say that again because then this will make sense if I say it again. So while the rest of us read as non-white, non-straight, non-male are subjective interpreters of the text, if I were a certain daytime television personality, I'd say that is a lie. <laughs> because it is. It is a lie because as we know from various literary theories, a person or group of people is never reading or interpreting texts without the weight of their own prejudices, mem memories, racial, ethnic, and gender identities, sexual orientation, class, educational background, taste in movies, and nationality. To say, the Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it, is to oversimplify Christianity's most sacred texts. A more fitting maxim is we take the Bible too seriously to take it literally. We take the Bible too seriously to take it literally because we are painfully aware of the numerous ways its books, chapters, and verses are used and have been used to make the most vulnerable more vulnerable and to make the most powerful more powerful. For instance, Frederick Douglass, and I just finished reading David Blight's definitive um, biography of Frederick Douglass, which is quite informative and moving. Frederick Douglass and other formerly enslaved black Americans spoke ad nauseum about white Christian preachers coming to their labor camps and quoting Ephesians and Colossians to justify remaining as the property of white enslavers. If you are an enslaver and human trafficker, your interpretive lens is shaped accordingly. You can't help but read the Bible as an enslaver. 
If you are an LGBTQ person who has been derided and suppressed based on your gender identity or sexual orientation, you can't help but read the Bible through that lens. The same principle extends to women, the impoverished, the wealthy, and every other category one can name. We all bring our own specific contexts and experiences to sacred texts. This is important to note when hearing, therefore a man leaves his father and his mother and clings to his wife and they become one flesh. And whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. It is important to note, because as I've heard said before and will say again, a text without a context is a pretext for a subtext. <laughs> Not only is the context of a given text important, but my understanding the context of my own life is important as I encounter texts held sacred by Christian faith. In other words, it helps to be self-aware when reading the Bible. It is worth our time for just a moment to meditate on the dim and uncreative ways texts like Genesis and Mark are used to marginalize and stigmatize divorced and LGBTQ people. From there, it is worthwhile imagining that if sacred texts can be used to denigrate, deride, and dehumanize vulnerable people, they can also be used for the liberation and freedom of divorced and LGBTQ people. I mentioned Frederick Douglass and other black Americans just a moment ago. Against all odds, black Americans on labor camps, sometimes called plantations, all over this and other lands, used not only the sacred texts of scripture but the sacred texts of their own lives to write and embody a new story of freedom for themselves and for generations to come. They could ask in full-throated ways, if it is not good news for the crucified peoples of the world, then who is it good news for? That question causes us to pause and before breaking open books to use as bludgeons, ask ourselves, as I absorb, chew on, and digest this text, am I bringing to it a generous, life-giving interpretation that will benefit as many people as possible? If not, God, will you help me do so? Distilled to its most basic form, perhaps that is all a baptized person, a Christian person, is ever asking God. 
God, make me generous. God, make me useful. God, make me a staging area for the new creation experienced in Christ's death and resurrection. And when we take that posture, we will have changed the whole world. Amen.